an alternative minimum tax form for previous year's corporate spending is IRS form number 8801. But who have no idea that the first appearance of the Scarlet Witch was in Uncanny X-Men number 4, March 1964. And then there's Doug Bost and Adam Bernstein. Two men who should have better things to do, but aren't doing them right now. These are two grown-ass men. Grown-ass men. With special grown-ass guests, Rhonda Goldstein, Steve Garvey, Sean Stoops, Joanna Parson, Graham Stevens, and Art Dupras. Welcome to another Grown-Ass Men. This time, we're discussing a show that it turns out to be dear to our hearts. We didn't even know we were going to like it so much. Wow. I mean, the first one of the year, first one of 2021, we're getting into Star Trek years. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but yes, WandaVision is great so far. She's unique and he's unique and WandaVision. Wanda is a witch with new technique. WandaVision. The vision is a synthesoid. This may be just the job for Sigmund Freud. It's all in your mind. Wonder vision. Wonder vision. Wonder vision. We're having such a good time watching it. And it's partly a little bit of it, I have to say, is that. We've been starved for new Marvel content since what? Since uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. So it's, it's that, nice but it's also, as we've been saying a lot, and as I've been talking about it, it's um, it's it's good, is what's yeah. exciting about it. It's quality. It's really made for the fans. It's all about clues and knowing like the ins and outs of the characters and the canon. And like, it turns out that a lot of people do. But I think, I, I agree with you, but I think it also really works if you don't know much about it at all. Right. Because if you just like sitcoms and are willing to go along for the mystery, people are, you know, I talked to people today who just don't know anything about the Marvel Universe, but they love sitcoms. Right. And they like a good mystery. And that's this show is really digging into that. Have you spoken to people who don't really know the history of the characters? Today, I spoke with a few friends of the show. Who, right. And I asked them a couple of questions. I asked them, you know, just basically, what do you think of the show? It's so fascinating for me because I never would have watched it if I thought it was going to be, you know, the Avengers on TV. What I love about it is they really honor the history of sitcoms and and they're making fun of them but but in a in a sort of uh loving way in a sort of in a sort of different way when Catherine Hahn walked in i was like oh they have me forever and and they're having her do this and then what's going to happen with Catherine Hahn because obviously yeah the the mystery of it yeah yeah exactly and i can't wait to see what other shows they they're, they're going to pull out of their hat um but every show that they they seem to be you know making fun of it's just uh, it's it's just done in in such an accurate way. I, I think that the the the, the hokey humor uh, of one show, you know, the first episode uh, is is very true to the spirit of of 
an I Love Lucy or a um, or Dick Van Dyke. And the, the the second episode feels very true to the '60s sitcoms of, of, of like a Bewitched or an I Dream of Jeannie. And uh, even to the point of of the episode ending with it transitioning into color, which during the seventy you know, the sitcoms of the '60s, they would start out the first couple seasons in black and white, and then you know, like Gilligan's Island, for example, or Bewitched, um, or I Dream of Jeannie, you know, go into color. Um, and then the third episode, uh, obviously, you know, one of my favorites as a as a huge '70s sitcom fan, uh, just the way they capture the the spirit. Of the uh, of the 70s uh, sitcoms is is so uh, is so on point. Uh, it, the opening, the, I think the I think the opening credits of the of, of the first three uh, episodes uh, are are just hilarious. Shout out to Kristen and Bobby for the 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 theme songs. <laughs> Fantastic, They're done by Kristen Anderson Lopez and Bobby Lopez, who wrote the music to Frozen and all the best Broadway shows. They're great. Those opening theme songs are great. Right? Yeah, they're spot on. They're so good. Yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. know them? Are they friends of yours? Yes. Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> we're very, we, we, boost, we boost them whenever we can. Oh my God. Well, fantastic. They, they're amazing. It's the first new Marvel material we've had really since, you know, Spider-Man Far From Home. So the movies have been delayed you know so just kind of anxious to get any kind of new marvel cinema material you know vision is one of those characters um i've always been kind of um i've had felt like a, a fascination by because one of the um silver age comics that I, that I have that i actually inherited from an uncle is um or sorry avengers 57 which is the vision first appearance where he's big on the cover it's yeah, like, he's right. It's like mostly it's like mostly red. Yeah, it's that's like a kind great of like cover, a very yeah. red cover. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that was actually one of the few comics that I got special special mylar sleeve. So I still have it, and you know, this might be a good time to try to sell it. The other question that I asked uh, the people who I talked to today, lovely people, <clears throat> by the way, lovely people, uh, was what they thought would happen right in the season. Like, where is this? crazy mysterious season going well i would like to see dr strange or some or at least someone connected to dr strange i'd like to see you know the you know make an appearance and i guess i'm, I'm really intrigued again this is because i was spoiled by knowing uh, some of the casting i'm really curious who the so they cast the actor who played quicksilver in the um, x-men movies yeah he's supposed to make an appearance. I think that it would be interesting to have some kind of connection with the X-Men world. I mean, now that Disney can start to introduce X-Men. I hope that they don't spend too much time in the Marvel Universe proper uh-huh. and instead find ways to solve the problems inside the shows, like... They've got to get to a Twin Peaks-style show, right? And they've got to get to, like, I don't know, Magnum P.I.-type show, or wherever it is. It would be really fun for them to to continue the storylines. St. Elsewhere, a hospital show, or a, or a lawyer, L.A. Law, a legal show. That would... I'm kind of, like, slightly over the family shows, perhaps. 
when it gets to with the all your favorite stars. Yeah. Love boat. They could have anybody on the love boat. <laughs> oh my God! Battle of the Network Stars. Yes. And that would be Battle of the Network Stars would be perfect for the Avengers. Oh, does anybody remember that? Besides three people. <laughs> my, my theory about this, you know, like I'm not sure how much access uh, Sokovia had to American sitcoms, uh, but Wanda and her brother being orphaned at a young age, uh, I, I just started thinking about television and old sitcoms and, and, and just like this rosy, idyllic picture of life, you know, where, where all of life's problems can be solved at the kitchen table over a glass of milk. Like I could see her as a, as, as a young kid being just like sucked into like just the safety, the safe haven of, a, of, of, of what sitcoms are and can be and, and just um, how perfect they are and how imperfect her life was. And, and the beauty of, of these old sitcoms is they live forever on this running loop. You know, you look at I Love Lucy, which is, you know, 70 years and counting or 65 years and counting, you know, they, they can just live forever on this, on this wavelength or frequency. At the beginning, I thought that like the, the black and white thing was going to be sticky. And then I realized that possibly this is another world. Or, and then maybe that like she created the world or maybe it was created to put her in there. Um, but now that I've seen up to episode four, I realized that number one, this is definitely another world, right? That this is a place that he, she's either created or been created for her. Right. And it's one where vision is not necessarily alive. Mm-hmm. Because, 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 like, by by episode four, you realize that this is taking place after they return from the blip. Yeah, right? and it's after they return from the blip, and Vision had even died before the blip, right. so he's definitely dead, right? And then I think by episode four, um, they're talking about uh, one of the agents is saying, you know, Vision's dead, right? And yeah. so, like, we already know the Vision is dead. Um, and as the each episode has progressed, I'm thinking more and more that Wanda has created this world, this kind of like safe, sunshiny, uh, sitcommy world, to, as a way of like self-soothing. You know, maybe she's, you know, mentally broken down by the fact that Vision had died, and she's created this world and. I mean, it is like I talk to my kids about it, and they're of course on the internet, and they're looking into you know what different theories are, and the, you know. <laughs> great. What really makes me stick with it now that I I did read a little bit about it, and what I find fascinating is the character of Wanda because it seems to me that she suffered incredible loss in these Avengers movies. Is that right? Yeah, uh, her, yeah. bro- her brother died and her lover died, Vision. And so it seems that her story is that she's done with anybody who suffered tremendous loss, you know, with dreams of and is desperate to do. And that's she's restored life. You know, she's she's gone through this restoration where she's at least brought her lover back to life and created this idyllic world for them to live in. Well, just like in real life. I mean, it seems to me that she's not able to deal with her grief and her loss. Right. So the only way that she can carry on is by creating this 
alternate world. Um, but it's not real. And her, her grief and loss will catch up with her. This show is so far ahead of me that, you know, it's, it's just been, it's, it's all I can do to try to keep up with it. Um, so projecting, uh, I, I, I'm almost afraid to. I almost just kind of want them to take me along for the ride and, and not think too far into the future of what may happen. They have us exactly where they want us with this series. Everybody's following along, following the little breadcrumbs that are right. that are out there for information. And everybody's digging Wanda's journey. How much is she a prisoner versus how much is she in control of the place that she's in? As of this recording, we've mm -hmm. seen four episodes. Right. So whatever theories we have are just based on seeing the first four episodes of WandaVision. I would say, you know, that there's certain obvious things. Wanda's in charge. Wanda has created this place where she is. She's so powerful. Right. She probably at some point decided, why can't I? Why do I have to be an Avenger and fight crime and possibly make mistakes? Why can't I just create a reality where I can live with the guy who I love and bring him back you know, bring his consciousness back from the dead and live with him. Cause I'm so, but I feel like the other thing is in the Dr. Strange comics that I've been reading over the last year or so, one of the things that they always talk about is that any magic that happens in the world, any spell that Dr. Strange casts, there is a price to be paid at some point for any spell that is cast. You know, when he defends himself with the rings of Ragador, something has to be paid in relation to that. And so I'm thinking probably Wanda had to make some deal with Mephisto, the devil, somebody bad, right. had to make a deal in order to get where she is. Right. And Wanda, we already know from the Avengers movies, she doesn't really make great decisions. She acts from her passions when you know, people get killed around her and she's really fired up. That's when she makes her decisions. So she probably made a decision that's not too good. She's stuck in a bad place. And the thing I keep thinking of is that by the end of this season, she's got to find somebody who can tutor her, mm. who can actually show her how to use her powers. Because I don't think she's ever had anybody in the Marvel movie universe. She's never had anybody to teach her how to use these, she could be the most powerful Avenger. Well, that's what a lot of people are really keying in on. And I always felt that way. I mean, it was clear in even in Endgame. I mean, her powers are massive. And in fact, like the only person who seemed more powerful in a lot of ways was Captain Marvel. Uh -huh. And now you have another Captain Marvel in this. Which I love, that's great. Yeah. But, all right, if she's creating her own world, why isn't Quicksilver there? Why isn't her I brother there? I think he's there? gonna be. I ah. think he's gonna be. I think he, he's gonna come back. I don't think, you know, he, he can't really come back from the dead, but I think that he's gonna show up. It's a place where she can have all the things come true that she really wants, or that's what it should right. be anyway. And I don't even know, I only remember at the beginning that her relationship to her father, which is Magneto, is not like a positive relationship. 
Yeah. But that, that connection's never been put forth in any of the Avengers movies. No, it's not. She is not Magneto's child in any of the MCU movies. But let me just blow your mind for a second. <laughs> blow it. I think by the end of this season, she is going to get some sort of a mentor. Mm -hmm. And it could be, you know, people have been saying maybe it's Agatha Harkness. Maybe that neighbor is Agatha Harkness. And right. She's going to get, I think the most fun would be if she's in one of these houses, the Brady Bunch house or whatever, you know, the, the set for the, and the doorbell rings and the door opens and it's Charles Xavier. If he came in, <laughs> if he came in to this universe and they started crossing over oh, wow. the Avengers and the X-Men with this show, that would make me so happy. Oh my she's God. a mutant. She's a, she's I didn't even occur to me. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> so happening. That would be, but <laughs> I mean, that you know, the people writing this stuff are the people who think like this. Yes. The fan world is a very, very deep, thorough understanding of all these characters. And they want to dive in in a way that, sorry to bring up negativity, but in a way that the DC, uh, you know, movies don't. It also does something that the comic books always did that would give you, or me, when I was a kid, that would give you a little thrill. When Daredevil appeared in a Spider-Man comic book, you'd go, ooh, hey. Exactly. Something cool here. This, oh, look, the, you know, the Avengers are meeting the Fantastic Four. That's awesome. And when, you know, Cat Dennings from the Thor movies shows up in episode four of WandaVision, that's cool. Like, we're just... We're bringing all these things together in one cohesive. Oh, it was great in this fourth episode too, when they showed the other side of the snap. Mm, yeah, that was cool. Uh, when it opened up in the in the hospital, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I was like, whoa, you know. I mean, I'm yeah. I was loving everything about it, you know, and I had the patience for it because they did do. The sitcom -y intros well yeah it was funny it was entertaining and i was like all right i'm here for this i'm i'm all in on this you know when they brought the vision back in avengers 57 i think it roy thomas wanted it to be the original vision from the 40s but right. stan didn't go for it you know so like you know there's a lot of really wanting to tie in their universe in a deep way. And in fact, like I think I might have mentioned that, you know, the ca the character Jimmy Woo, who had a lot of nice screen time in episode four. Right. <laughs> his first appearance is in Yellow Claw number one, Atlas Comics. And Joe Manili was the artist on that issue. Oh, uh, Joe Manili. Yeah, you know, the great Joe Manili. You know, when you have that kind of attention to details going on, I was thinking about the multiverse of madness, which is the next Dr. Strange movie. Mm. I don't know if they're even shooting it yet, but by the time I, you know, you hear that title, 
the multiverse of madness. And that sounds awesome. But by the time that movie comes out, we're all going to be fully used to the multiverse already. They're, they're stepping right. into it right now. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that idea with Dr. Strange when mm -hmm. it's already a full blown thing that there's multiple Marvel universes all coming together. What's the craziest thing you can imagine would happen in this season? What's the thing that you would love to have happen that you- I mean, she if she does turn out to be evil, it could be like she was tapped into the same thing with the stones that Thanos was and could start just like tearing apart the universe that she doesn't want. You know, just to be wrapped up in her own psychological cocoon. Uh-huh. You know, when you start to like deal with how much mental issues there are just in the real world, you start to like see what people kind of concoct when they're under deep stress. Uh -huh. you know, then you multiply it by a million because you're a mutant <laughs> and you try to have a baby with a, you know, a synthesoid. How do you say it? Synthesoid? I mean, that whole, that whole like thread was always so nuts to me in the comics. Yeah. And even the Avengers themselves were like, what are you doing? He's you not know, human. I've been thinking that this um, series is, you know, a lot of it is inspired by Tom King's vision series that we all yeah. read and loved. But Sean Stoops was also saying to, the, to me today that there's a lot of similarities to that 12 issue Vision and Scarlet Witch miniseries from the late 80s. Do you remember that? I posted that is the cover of our Facebook page right now. Oh, okay. Right. You know, yeah, it's like a 12 issue thing when they were doing like Secret Wars and, you know, yeah. all those kind of miniseries things. So that also has some similarity. It's, it's a few right. elements to what's in the show now. Yeah, big ones because she basically is moving in with him and like they're like, you know, she's like using her powers to ward everyone off. Like, I don't care what you guys think. Long story short, I think WandaVision is terrific. I love that it's called WandaVision because I really, it really is from her point of view. Right. And, uh, you know, I think by the end of the season, we're going to see some fantastic guest stars. I think it's going to be Quicksilver. It's going to be Mephisto. Mm. I mean, if Mephisto does make an appearance in this how they do him visually is going to be a huge thing because Mephisto is a very terrifying big presence in the comics and I hope that as one of our friends who I talked to today said I hope that Wanda will stay in charge and I hope that she will find a way to restore the world to a place that she can live in, you know, literally and emotionally, um, but that she can maintain because whatever's going on right now isn't going to work for her because it's already falling apart. But I hope that she stays in charge and she gets what she wants in the end. I'm all for it, man. I agree. I agree. This good television. How many episodes are there? Is it eight or 10? I hope it's 20. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it is, but uh, you know, you know, unfortunately, if you're into Grey's Anatomy, there's 20 episodes and 20 seasons or something like that. 
So if we ever like want to branch out into the Grey's Anatomy podcast, because then it's endless. Endless. We could watch it forever. Anyway, great to discuss this stuff. I'm psyched that we have something to dig into. And, you know, welcome to 2021 Grown-Ass Man Style. Yes. Get ready for episode five. Yes. Grown-Ass Man.